Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, welcome to the Villa View. It's time for the post-match pint in association with Purity, joined by Neil from For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast and Max Stokes from Villa on Tour. And lads, I'll come to you first, Neil. I think we can agree. That's a, a very good point for Villa. That's going to be a very important point, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, that was a hard-fought point, but uh, a point also from a game that we grew into. Um, my, I suppose my, my initial reaction after the game was the commentators in the stream I was I was watching uh, made a big deal about Villa never getting anything out of a game they went they conceded first in and mm. once again this is another brilliant thing this team has done they won with ten men last in the last game and now they've come to this game and they've gotten something out of a game where they conceded first so this team is growing and growing even from that point of view uh, the point aside. I was really, really impressed with how the team played and the, and the changes that the that the management team made um, after the first 35, 40 minutes. So, yeah, all in all, really chuffed at that. Yeah, because coming to the end of the first half, Max, we looked a bit leggy. We, we looked a bit tired. I think going in 1-0, we were probably all a, a little bit worried about the second half, even though I'd say we had some decent moments in the first half. But the effort in the second half and the endeavour to, to get back into the game quite early. And then, like Neil says, we actually could have won it, as could they, really. Yeah, I think it was a really good game. Um, like you said, either team could have could have nicked it. Um, I think first 10, 15 minutes, we, we came out of the blocks really well. We looked bang up for it. But as the half went on, you sort of knew that we played 48 hours ago. You could tell. Um, and we made like minimal change. I don't think we made any changes if you discount Mings because Cons mm. pretty much played uh, more than half a game against Crystal Palace. So you've got to be really, really impressed with what um, Villa have put today. Um, you know, Chelsea made... I don't know how many changes it was, but it was a lot, I think wasn't it? Was it? Six. I think yeah. it was six. So you, you could tell as well that they were, you know, a little bit fresher. Um, but yeah, you've got to be really pleased with that. Like Neil said, we haven't got anything um, when we've gone behind this season. So to do it at a place like Stamford Bridge, you've got to be really, really impressed. Yeah, and to to do it without Mings as well, Neil. I mean, I was I put a tweet out before the game, and I was surprised by. Not the hatred for Mings, but it was, I thought it was a, a real lack of respect to Mings. He's an important part of this team. But to be fair, Hawes and Concert, Concert especially in the second half, they, they just got in the way of everything, didn't they? 
Absolutely. Courtney House is excellent and uh Mings comes back into this team. Don't I don't think anyone should take that away from from you know the way this team is playing. Mings comes back in and plays in this team once his suspension is over. Uh Courtney House has been nothing nothing short of superb. Um he's like he's so just so assured. He just gets in the way of things and he gets his head on everything and uh, and he's a menace in the other box as well. You know, a lot of people uh, it, it was actually strange, Dan. It was like as if someone just turned on a switch for um, Mings bashing today. It really yeah. was because it was. Well, yeah. I saw it as well, and I was wondering. I thought it was because uh, I, I, I never saw it. I, I've never seen it before. And I know on my own podcast sometimes I've questioned maybe rash decisions from Mings, but it's never been a case that we were saying drop him, flog him, sell him, and take you know and uh, and 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 make and humiliate him. Right? It's never anything like that. Sometimes he makes a mistake. It's fine, but. It was yeah, it was pretty um, it was it was pretty weird to see that today. But uh, it's gonna be great to have him back uh, when he does come back into the team. But take nothing away from Kanza and 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 House today. They were fantastic. And and as I say, I, I'll just keep on bringing it up. Courtney House is, if not one of the best, the best aerial defender in in uh, statistically in in Europe. But he, but he actually is statistically in Europe as well. And I can't find the tweet, but when I do. I'll, I'll retweet it again, but he's uh, he's he's been absolutely immense, far and yeah, way better than any other defender in the air. Yeah, and if you think back to last season, Max Mings had a little spell out just before Christmas, and things were worrying at, at, at the back to side of the least at that point. He's not there today, up against one of the best teams in the league, team that spent a fortune in the summer. They've been able to make the six changes today, bring in world class players, but we've still kept them at bay. And it's like Neil said at the start. The difference in in many many things to what there was last season is is incredible. It is, and it's it's just really really just unbelievable to see how far we've come in these twelve months. Because like you said, this time last year, um, exactly to the day, I think we played Watford away and lost three 0 and it was just oh, horrific. People calling for Smith's head. Um, it was just dreadful. Lansbury and Jota played that game, and it was just it was just so bad. And you know, I think there was only one way Villa were going at that point, but now we're only going. Up and it's just so good to see. Um, just going back to the Ming slander as well on Twitter and social media and things like that. That's it's a little bit strange. Like, yeah, he can make the odd mistake during a game and stuff, but you know, I think people just look at that and think, okay, he must be a poor defender. But his leadership qualities as well just go unnoticed a little bit. I think you know the commentators were saying it on the the stream that I was watching. He's just so vocal and he's so good at organising. Um, you know, Villa and he's not in the England squad for nothing. Like, you can't take that away from him. He's, he's a great defender and I think he comes straight back into the. Um, starting 11 on Friday against Man United. Don't get me wrong, Courtney Orr has been absolutely brilliant when called upon. Um, Cons is just fantastic in his own right, so he obviously starts, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think you've got to go back to Mings and Cons on Friday. But yeah, just 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 really, really impressive because you look at the, the bench for Chelsea and it's just so strong. Havertz, Werner, loads of quality on there. And then us, not so much. I think our, our bench is a little bit weak, which is something in the long term we've got to look at. But right now, it, it doesn't seem to be that much of an issue. Um, but yeah, like I said, really, really impressive tonight. Can't go wrong. Yeah, and a big thing from from this little run that we've got going at, at the moment, Neil, is it's all been done without Ross Barkley. And I think initially when, when he was out, there was a, a little bit of a worry from us about what, what might happen. And to be fair, I, I say I say it, I'm not sure whether I mean it, but you know what I mean. We've, we've not missed him. No, we haven't. Uh, we, we probably did at the start when the team kind of found its shape. Um, I think we've stumbled upon something here in the front four. 
Uh, when I say stumbled upon it, obviously we all knew about these four players, but the way that they're interacting with each other, the fact that they've gotten some time to play together, and now you know that Jack is picking out runs for Al-Ghazi, um, Bertrand Traore, Jack knows whether he comes inside maybe a small bit more, plays maybe a small bit narrower, and Jack is getting reacclimatized to play in that central role as well. Beforehand, the first couple of games, that there was a bit of disjointedness there, and we missed Trezeguet and Barkley, because don't forget, Trezeguet would have, yeah. like Trezeguet being out has, 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 has opened the door for Bertrand to come in but um, it's we haven't missed them in the last few games because of the coherency that the, that, that that front four has now has now developed from playing together and uh, it's just fantastic to see like Dean Smith uh, going back to the kind of like the Mings thing as well Dean Smith must be rubbing his hands with glee to say that you know you've got Ross Barkley you've got Mings you've got uh, potentially maybe not yet maybe maybe later on in the new year uh, Trezeguet to come back and Wesley and who knows? There could be a signing or two coming in here as well. Like it's it it just bodes so 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 well. Um, and I think as well a good thing that happened today is that there was no yellow cards for Jack. There was no yellow card for uh for Target. That could have really disrupted us in those two positions as well. But as you mentioned, Ross Barkley coming in there somewhere, even if he comes off the bench against United, will be a super super lift to the attacking intent of this team. And uh, yeah, as I say, it's like it's. Just cloud nine stuff, really, at the moment, the way this team is playing against adversity. Yeah, and I mean, there's a, the emergence of Jacob Ramsey as well. He came on and nearly scored with his first yeah. touch. But on, on the Villa View, Max, for, for many weeks, we have, we have questioned the squad size. At, at times, we've lamented it. But El Ghazi, yet again, he's, he's, he's come from nowhere, really. He wasn't even getting on the bench at one stage. He's, he's come off on against Wolves and bagged a penalty. And he, he's not really looked back. And it d- does just show you things can change very, very quickly in football. Yeah, definitely. I, was, I don't think Al Ghazi had a lot of the ball uh, before he scored. I think, you know, obviously it was a different game to the likes of uh, the Burnley game, the Palace game, where he was getting all the opportunities, everything, well, not everything, but a lot of the play was going through him. So I think he was a little bit quieter tonight, but right place, right time, has one chance. And for once, he actually scores it this time. So yeah, really impressed with him. But where does where does Barkley come back in? Because I think Troyore uh, has scored last couple of games, looking really bright, looking like he's found his feet after taking a couple of months to settle in. Like we've touched now, Garzi's doing really well, scoring every week as well. So where does Barkley come in? I think it's a really good option to have. I know it's a cliche, you know, it's a good headache to have for Smith and things like that. But whether he does come off the bench um, against against Man United, I think I'd probably start him on the bench um, and things like that. Again, Trezeguet's got to come back as well. And when he does, it just bodes really well for the, the squad size and, and things like that. It just gives us more options because you look at that bench today and I know Davis came on and, you know, really, really impressed with Ramsey. Um, had a few bright moments tonight, touched the ball you know, a few times, but mm. could have scored with his first shot there. But yeah, I think when Trezeguet Barkley come back, it's, it's so much brighter. But yeah, we'll, we'll see with that one. I think, I mean, and it would be harsh, I think the most likely person at the moment to make way, Neil, is probably Troy Oro. Do you just want to talk a bit about the goal we did concede? Because there was, was a few questions asked about him tracking back. And to be fair to him, he did rectify that in the second half. Absolutely, yeah. Well, there was definitely questions with him being too narrow an awful lot of the first half. Seth and Matty Cash were very, very narrow. Um, he wanted to pick the ball up, and I think I think it's it's a part of his game where he likes to pick the ball up a small bit more in in infield. But that's a de- that's at the detriment to his to his defensive abilities. So uh, when Chilwell gets the ball, he was right on the right right in the touchline essentially, and he he didn't really track back to get to him. Obviously, the cross came in, and Giroud just pulls out an absolute wonderful header. Like, take, like it was just a ridiculous header. How you he's beat the goalkeeper from there? Ah, oh, against us, he's a joke. Anyway, he's a cheat code. 
something. But also there was a couple of bits and pieces. If you look back at it as well, probably the only mistake, and it's a tiny mistake that John McGinn makes is John McGinn lets him get lets him run past him at the edge of the area to get in after he lays the ball off. And before the ball goes out to Chilwell, John McGinn could have tracked him as well there, but uh, it would be very harsh for me to say it was John McGinn's fault that he scored that goal. Um, perfect cross, perfect header. Uh, but I suppose the, the nitpicky pieces are somebody should have been closer to Chilwell for sure. Uh, Bertrand Troy should have been out there. Matty Cash had to make a long buster to try and get out there, but he had no hope of catching him. And and look, Drew just did what he does and, and, and nodded it in you know, at, a, at an impossible angle. Yeah, he's a Joe Giroud. He's, he's one of my favourite players in the Prem. I think his link-up play is just sensational. And he seems to score every time he, he plays for Chelsea at the moment. You, you've got to question why he doesn't start every week at the moment. But, but Max, from a, from a Villa point of view, we, we've spoke about it a little bit, but to, to come from behind then and straight away in the second half, you could see what, there'd been a message in the dressing room, obviously, and that we started with some massive intent. Yeah, you could definitely see what Dean Smith said at half-time, going back to the... The, the cash and Troy sort of thing. I think we were getting exploited far too easily um, in the first half down there, left-hand side, which is where the goal came from. I just think Cash was doing all he could, but against Chilwell, Mason Mount, Pulisic, who were, you know, doubling up on him, maybe three of them were going at him. It was really, really hard for him. So I think you could definitely see the message at halftime. Um, Troy right you know, his work rate was so much better second half coming back. Um, and it, it played paid dividends because I think Chilwell's a fantastic left back and he gets forward so mm. well, his delivery is fantastic. And when you've got a player like Giroud in the box and you've got Chilwell delivering balls, you've got to be really, really careful. And I think second half we did well. Giroud went off in the end, um, obviously. And he scored 10 goals against Villa now in his career, Giroud, which is the most against anyone. I saw that stat, which is just, just ridiculous. So hopefully we don't come up against him um, anytime soon again. But yeah, I think... We, we did well second half. We came out with intensity again. You could definitely see the message at half-time. So really, really impressive to see that. Yeah, I mean, Giroud joins the list of many, many players over the years whose favourite opposition is Aston Villa Football Club. I mean, just off the top of my head, Robbie Fowler used to have an absolute field day. Mm. Steven Gerrard, Lampard himself, the manager of Chelsea at the, at the moment. I mean, there's countless players over the years that just have loved playing against Villa. It's, it's just one of them things, isn't it? It just seems to happen every single time. And Neil, we, we've spoken a little bit, you've touched a little bit on John McGinn. I thought he was absolutely out of this world tonight. Incredible. Considering he's played... The 90 minutes, 45 of that being with 10 men a few days ago, to go against Chelsea and dominate the way he did against a player like Kante as well. I actually thought he out Kante'd Kante, which is, there's no bigger compliment in my eyes. Yeah, he's he was a nuisance. He was absolutely everywhere, straight from straight from the first whistle. Uh, it was an interesting setup that our central midfield had at the very, very start of the game. And it looked like that Dougie Louise was really holding the centre and the begin was kind of pivoting around him almost orbiting him as such, getting over to the left, getting to the right, never getting behind him. But I was kind of playing in an arc around the front of him. And uh, this is another change that Dean Smith seemed to make as well, because Mason Mount got on the ball a couple of times and Pulisic was coming in infield uh, to get the ball. He was almost rotating with, uh, with Mason Mount there on the left-hand side. And it was because John McGinn was maybe was doing that kind of uh, orbiting uh, Douglas Louise, for want of a better word, and there was nobody there to pick up somebody making a run from the right-hand side. But in the second half, they kind of played a small bit more traditionally, a small bit more orthodox, and Douglas Louise had a bit more of an opportunity to move around the field a bit more. And you could see John McGinn was just imperious. The, sec the second half specifically, he was just excellent. That Howitzer that came back off the bar, 
Um, just just getting in everywhere, these little little niggles. He put his body on the line for one bad tackle, and uh, Frank Lampard seemed to shout something into him from the touchline, and uh, McGinn told him what he thought of him at one stage, which was uh, which was particularly nice to see. But um, he's just a dynamo. That's the word that I would call him. This is he played today like he played again in the early part of last season against Spurs, against uh, against Bournemouth. Even though we let, we were in a losing effort in both of those games, he was absolutely everywhere, and he was by far our most energetic player today. Uh, Aston Villa tweeted out his stats there earlier on. Uh, I can't seem to find them now, but there's just some ridiculous st- statistics there. And uh, you know, if that if that shot from the middle of nowhere goes in you know uh i i'd love to see his instagram celebration in the dressing room afterwards but uh alas it didn't uh but he was still by far and away the man of match i think tonight and and deserves all the plaudits he gets i think we have to give you your own uh tactical segment on this show now because you're, t- you're talking a while that quite frankly makes me feel that i know nothing about football <laughs> the, way, the, the way you were talking there and max with mcginn you kind of feel like oh well i feel this anyway that his natural instincts have been curtailed a little bit playing deeper. And if you'd have said to me a few months ago that was going to be going to happen, I, I, I wouldn't have liked it. I'd, I'd, I'd have said no, no, no chance. Oh, some great director work there for, from Adam getting the tweet up on the screen. Unbelievable scenes on the Villa View, and it's the right tweet. It's it's all going right tonight. Back to what I was saying. So you kind of feel like his game's been curtailed a bit, and I wouldn't wouldn't have been sure about that. I actually prefer him playing deeper, not charging around box to box. I actually really like him next to Louise's deep line midfielder because I think it makes us more solid but it brings out different sides to his game that you don't perhaps see when he's box to box yeah definitely I, f- I think it gives us a lot more protection doesn't it rather than just being Douglas Luiz by himself trying to do all the work especially against a team like Chelsea where they've got legs in midfield Kante Jorginho Havertz coming on, on as well um, so yeah defensively like you said a few eyebrows might have been raised at that but I think you know he's done really really well and it's, it's done really well for us um, in the last couple of seasons, there's been a lot of pressure on him to score goals because if it's not Jack, who's it going to be? That's kind of what it's been like um, uh, last year, especially. So there was a lot of onus on him to, to get goals. But now we just don't need that. Even Ollie Watkins hasn't scored for a while, but we're, we're still scoring goals. So there's no pressure on anyone to do that because goals are coming from all over the place at the moment. So there's no pressure on McGinn in particular to do that. And just his his work in midfield was absolutely sensational tonight. And when, when you see him coming up against someone like Kante, you're going to think it's going to be a difficult night for him, especially having, you know, played 48 hours ago. So he was he was just unbelievable tonight. And, you know, he, he got that injury, didn't he, about a year ago. And it took him a while to, to get back into his rhythm. But tonight, he, he's back to his best. And it, just in general, it's great to see sort of players develop with Aston Villa because he came to us in the championship and he, he stepped up to the Premier League really well. But just like Jack, just he, he always finds a new gear and it's just so great to see players develop with Villa. Um, so, yeah, credit to John McGinn tonight. Just undoubtedly man of the match. He was just incredible. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing you say about people developing. If you, you look at many players that are in our first team at the moment, you look at where they were a year ago and, and where they are now. I mean, you think about Conser, Douglas Louise, who I was not having this time last year at all. But the big one, Neil, is it's Matt Target. He he mm. looks like a proper defender now. We, we used to love him going forward, but Villa fans, certain Villa fans, myself at times, any of us at times, would question his defensive ability. Is that at the point where you actually feel like, he loves the dirty side of being a fullback and and defending now, doesn't he? Yeah, and and 
I was I was actually literally crossing both my fingers and my toes and everything like that to make sure that he didn't get that yellow card because he's going to be pivotal against United and United is my Super Bowl. I want to beat United. I just really want to get, <laughs> I want to make sure that we vanquish that ghost because uh, we haven't we haven't actually lost to the top six uh, any of the traditional top six teams um so far this season um to the best of my knowledge. But my target is pivotal. He really is. I've said it before. Jack likes playing with him. He likes playing down that left-hand side with him. And I think that the confidence that the that a full-back would have in the fact that the talisman, the leader of the club, frankly, the, one of the best players in Europe at the moment, actually sees him as a valuable tool to his progression as a player. Uh, as being one of the best players in Europe, I think that that must be, you know, there must be endless confidence you must get from that. And and, and he's he's really grown into the role. And, and look, Matty Cash, we, saw, we took a... Say what you like as well about Matty Cash. We took a kind of a punt on a guy who'd only played half a season, maybe three quarters of a season at right back. And my God, can he play right back in the Premier League too as well. So mm. uh, the two Matties have definitely stepped up in every aspect of, of full back play this year. Uh, but Matt Target has definitely been our, our most improved player. And uh, yeah, I shudder to think what we would do when he does get that fifth yellow card. And, and obviously it'd be Neil Taylor that would come in, but but last year we would have maybe said that Taylor was better in some aspects than Matt Target, but now it's there's a clear winner. And Matt yeah. Target is is undoubtedly our, our, our left back, regardless of what happens. I mean we're virtually going through the whole side here and we we've done that in the in the in the show so far and this this is an Aston Villa show and we haven't talked about Jack Grealish yet, Max, which is which is incredible. Twenty twenty five minutes into the show, how, how, however long we are we are in. Again, he didn't get a goal or assist today. But his input for the goal is vital because he, he's made that goal with his with his run. I've completely forgotten the goal. Oh, he the old guy. Yeah, there was a bit of a collision, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just completely forgot our goal then. That's really weird. Yeah, there was there was talk about VAR, wasn't there? Because I think he yeah, got yeah. battered by was it Christiansen and then they were it's looking a 50, at 50. Yeah, I just think it's it's a coming together. I don't think there's a foul. I think, if anything, it's a foul on Grealish because Christensen... Oh, well, to be fair, Christensen sort of stands his ground. It's Like I said, it's just a collision. I don't think there's a foul either way. Um, but yeah, his run and just directness really did lead to the goal. Um, and Matty Cash, what a ball in. I think it was, it was it's not great from Chelsea because Algarzi is, is literally all by himself at the back stick. It was sort of similar to... Everton away the end of last season where El Ghazi had that chance to make it 2-0 and he, did he spoon it over the bar? But, yeah, you know, he was probably lucky that it, it went through the keeper's legs. But, yeah, fair play to Jack. It, it all went through him. But I think, you know, last season, we keep on talking about, say, 12 months ago, everything, literally everything goes through him. And if Jack Grealish has a quiet game, Villa don't get anything out of um, a match. But even when he has a quiet-ish night, don't get me wrong, he was still great tonight, but a quiet-ish night, and, you know, we still get a really decent result. So other players are stepping up and it's really, really impressive. And again, it's just the development of the, the whole club and how we play football that everything doesn't go through Jack Grealish. So, yeah, fair play to him, though. He was, he was really good tonight. Yeah, he was worrying me as well. He kept kept shouting at uh, the ref, and I was thinking, swearing at the ref. I was thinking, you're going to get yourself that yellow card, and you're going to be going to be out the Man U game. Obviously, scored that wonderful goal at Old Trafford last year. Neil, was that was that ever anything that concerned you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. I think I I think I saw probably for the first time in twelve or eighteen months. I think I saw Jack a bit tired tonight, uh, but not. Uh, lacking in effort, obviously, because he was once again he was everywhere. He's pulling the strings, um, and look, it's no it's no shame in saying it that somebody is tired after playing two games in forty eight hours, essentially, and basically playing more or less every minute for the Villa have played in what in twenty twenty. I don't think he's uh, he, he's missed very few minutes he's in very few much. games. I think 
Yeah, yeah, and he's played with England. So, you know, the start of the season has been more hectic than, than usual for him, probably even more hectic than it was in the championship as well. So um, he'll enjoy his few day, his, the few days off. I'm sure they won't be doing too much over the next day or so yeah. uh, with regards to training. I'd say a lot of it would be recovery, recuperation, and uh, back on the horse again for United. But uh, he's, I'll say it again, I'll continue to say it, every day he throws on a Aston Villa shirt, we're blessed to see him because he is so talismanic. And even when he's only playing at 70%, that other team is scared and he can see the whites of their eyes every time he runs with the ball regardless of whether he's he's uh you know he's he's not fully fit or he's running out of gas teams are so scared of him and, and it's just a joy to have somebody like that in our team and and long may it continue and i, I continue to say it continue to say it. we yeah. are just blessed <laughs> and on the, on the tired front as well i mean i wouldn't think that any other player in the premier league sees as much of the ball as jack Grealish does for villa so he's doing a lot of sprints with the ball which is probably unusual for and that sounds stupid but it's probably unusual for football one footballer to see that much of the ball and have to carry the ball so much so far as, as one guy, because we, we do rely on him heavily. So, yeah, yeah, the few days rest will do him good. Max, as we've been through the whole side, we, we talked a little bit about Mings being out in the organisation, but you didn't notice it. And one of the reasons you don't notice it is because the goalkeeper, again, he's just incredible. Yeah, he's it's just unbelievable. I think, for me, he's our signing of the season. I think he's one of the best signings that any club has made in the Premier League. Um, yeah. What I quite like about him is that he catches everything. I think a lot of keepers just like to parry things off and just get out of the way. But... He just he never makes me nervous. He never makes clearly any of the back four nervous. And just because he he's so commanding, you could especially when there'd been no fans in the stadium, you can hear him barking out the orders as well um, from corners, for example, telling people where to go and things like that. But he's just he's so commanding. He's so threatening. He's so big as well. So it's great to see. He's definitely I think our signing of the season and testament to him. That's why we've conceded so little goals. I think we've conceded that we've got the second best defensive record in the Premier League after Man City. So. Compare that again to last season. It's just remarkable how far we've come because we had the second worst defensive record last season after Norwich. So to flip that on its head, I think a lot of the credit has to go to Martinez as well as the back four. It's just so great to see. So credit to Martinez for 20 million as well. And it's you just got to laugh at Arsenal as well. No disrespect to them, but they made the decision to, to let him go. And there you go. Look where they are in the table. So fair play, Martinez. Um, he's, he's just fantastic. Well, let's laugh at Arsenal a little bit because I know a few <laughs> Arsenal fans and quite frankly, their attitude over the years has, has disgusted me very much like Arsenal fan TV. So let's laugh at them a little bit. And I think they probably can't believe that, that we've got Martinez in goal because I think a lot of Arsenal fans would have lied to keep him. I mean, look at that. The, the end the end of the year, the end of 2020, it's been an absolute trash garbage year that I can't wait to see the back of. But for Villa, we end it in, in such, a, such a good place, Neil. And there's, there's lots of things to look forward to for Villa going into 2021. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. It's uh, it's good. Uh, they won't actually even have time to look forward to to a lot because the games come taking fast up to the 8th of January. And then even after that, presumably, the, if things still go to go to plan, we'll be playing Man City and Newcastle, and Newcastle within the space of two weeks there as well. Our games that we our games at the hand that we have. So <laughs> we've if nothing else, we've lots of games to look forward to in the month of January. But uh, I suppose with Man City's game being called off now, you just don't know whether they're going to be able to fit that game in now. Um, we'll I suppose we'll have to see there maybe another uh, rescheduling of that as as well. But I think the transfer window is going to be tasty for Villa now. I don't think they need to go out and blow budgets. I think probably they just need to, uh, you know, carve up the positions as they have done. Make sure that they've got a decent um 
I suppose, decent backup, really, and decent options that would come in there. Maybe an extra option that comes in if Dougie Louise gets gets five yellow cards or gets up to gets up to ten yellow cards, maybe, as I mentioned, something for Matt Target. And I think that's really what what the club will look forward to is improving on the on-field uh, quota, I suppose, of players at the moment because they won't have time to look forward to games. They'll just come, come so thick and fast now. But um, look, fifth in the table... I know we're level with Chelsea, Spurs, and I, I saw the table there a moment ago. I think it's Chelsea, Spurs, Man City, and then Southampton are one point behind. Yeah, there it is. I'm like Rain Man, the way I was able to remember that. Um, well <laughs> Villa, <yeah. laughs> we we were level with all those teams. So look, we're we're punching above our weight for what we've for for uh, the amount of players that we have. You just have to look at Chelsea's bench tonight. It was just ridiculous. Chelsea's bench was. Just, just hilarious the amount of money that was spent on it, and and uh, you know if we can get uh, a couple of options there, they can they can strengthen this the, the team. We're in a very very good position, and it's better to be looking at the points that we've accumulated than to be looking for them like we were last year. So, tally ho and onwards towards twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think we can safely look at that league table and say that we're probably not going to be involved in a relegation scrap. So for for once. We can enjoy knowing what league we're going to be in next season in a few in a few weeks' time. I think I think we can definitely say we're not going to be involved in anything this season. So that is a good thing. Just to finish, I saw someone I can't remember who it was. Someone put put this tweet out the other day. I Max just wanted to come to you because obviously your channel is heavily based around go, going to games. Are you a little bit worried that when when fans are allowed to come back in, that we're going to wreck it. Yeah, I think it is annoying because when when we did stop going. I was kind of thankful because the last game we, we well I saw was the 4-0 defeat at Leicester and yeah. I, I was thankful not to be going to games then but turn it on its head now and it's just so refreshing to see I don't think any of us are complaining that we're doing so well but it is a little bit annoying so when we do go back I, I don't think we'll struggle again but yeah it, there is a little bit in the back of my mind that's thinking when we go back will we see these three nils at Arsenal the 7-2 sort of results but obviously we won't see a 7-2 result against a side like Liverpool. But you know what I mean? Just these big, yeah. these big results against the top sides that we have been doing um, so well this season. And it's just refreshing to be looking up rather than down in a league table because apart from the, the championship years, I've never seen that with Villa because I've, I've seen some horrendous, well, we've all seen these these horrendous Premier League sides in the last decade or so. But it's just so refreshing to be in and amongst the sides like Man City, Tottenham, United, teams like that, rather than at the bottom against the smaller sides. So it's great to see. The only way is up, hopefully. And hopefully when we do go back into stadiums, we'll be as good as we are now. Yeah, I mean, we talk a little bit about Europe and then some of it is, is tongue-in-cheek. But actually, if you do look at the table, there, there is a real chance for us to do something this year, Neil. And you saw it on Boxing Day against Palace, up against the adversity, you know, that there's there's a real team there. And in a different way, you, you saw it again today. We have got a proper team. Absolutely, yeah. We, we've got a proper group of leaders. Um, leaders, how will I put it? They, they, are, they lead by doing... You know, uh, we've we John McGinn step up today. We know how good John McGinn is. Just John McGinn was brilliant today. And what he did was just roll up his sleeves and he got it done. Um, like like Sir Courtney Howe's coming in, just roll up his sleeves and got it done. It's the adversity that is making this team an awful lot, uh, an awful lot stronger. Uh, the adversity of last year, and I know I hate saying this because there's no intangible. And I'm kind of a stats guy, and I like to look at numbers and look at the evidence and say, right, this is why something has happened. But uh, for me, this is kind of very feelingsy. But uh, to go through the adversity of of some of the horrible, horrible results we had last year and, and the horrible runs of results has has. Uh, 
must have made this team a small bit more battle-hardened. They know what they need to do and they've obviously learned from their mistakes. But um, not only do the players get a big, massive shout, I think that, that, that this this coaching staff gets a huge, huge shout. Uh, God be with the days, I think it was, what, when everyone was calling for Smith out? Only, only seven or eight few short months previous, you know, it was definite that Smith needed to go and so on. But it just shows that it takes time to build a club, it takes time to build a team at the top level, especially if you have a manager and players learning at the same at the same speed. And and to be honest with you, I don't think we're going to hear anything to do with Dean Smith for, for some time to come and long may it continue because uh, that, that stability of, 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 of a coaching staff along with... Uh, you know, having a real kind of clued in and keyed in group of players is, is invaluable and it just breeds the team spirit that we have now. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I never wanted Dean Smith out and I, I saw no. that Max, you, you said the same on, on, on Twitter earlier, just because you were questioning things doesn't mean you, you wanted the manager. I think we can all agree, the three of us, that even back then we wanted Dean Smith to be in charge of this club for a long time and what he's done in the, the, the second half especially of 2020 has been absolutely incredible and he deserves all, all the plaudits and I think I saw someone ask I, I don't think he does get the credit he deserves in, in the national press for what he's done considering what people are saying about BAL so when you look at what Dean Smith's done it's, it's absolutely incredible so we'll end it there guys thanks ever so much for coming on and chatting to me after the game don't forget if you are interested in some purity goods then go on their website and use our code hashtag Villaview and you'll get 10% off all the Villa and beer related duties We'll be back again on New Year's Day after the after the Man U game. So, so look out for that. Thanks again to the guys up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.